Hello and welcome back to the Giant Pod with me, Andy Rentmore. It's season four. Oh yeah, season four. The long-awaited, the long-promised fourth season. Um, if you are a new listener, welcome. What's up? Uh, if you're an old listener returning, hello again. Thanks for coming back. We are excited to have all of you here at the Giant Pod. Um, get us on socials. It's at the Giant Pod. That's on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Andy underscore TGP. Big Andy W on Twitter. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, me and producer Harry, respectively, have been doing some other bits and pieces in the interim period between season three and this here, season four. A uh, bit of travel, working on other bits and pieces, having a little bit of a rest. Um, you know the score. Um, we are pumped to be back. We are pumped to be doing this again. Some of these conversations we had in the bag like a long time ago um, before we put the brakes on and had this little break. So some of these conversations are a little bit older, but they're still very cool. Um, we've got a bunch of brand new conversations to give to you guys as well. That is what we will be rolling with straight away today. Episode one is a brand new episode to mark the beginning of this season. Um, get in touch. Tell us what you like about the giant pod. Is it these uh, is it these episodes where I'm one-to-one with someone having a conversation about their life and their times and what they're up to? Is it the spin-off show, The Giant Couch, which you can find almost exclusively on our YouTube channel? Um, is it that? Do you want to see more of that content? Uh, or is it the zoo pod? Is it the style where I give loads of my mates mics and we all hang and shoot the breeze? I feel like podcasts have evolved a lot in the last few years, even since we started this podcast. I think the podcast landscape is very different now. And definitely I feel like it shifted within the, you know, the period of time between our last season and this season. So get in touch. Let us know what kind of giant pod is it that you're enjoying the most. And maybe we can do something about leaning more into that direction or sticking it onto this uh, this track here, if this is what you like. Our first guest of season four is James Frelfel, MBE. James is uh, one of the hosts on BBC Introducing. Uh, he's also one of the hosts at uh, the giant mega uh, social media platform 433. If you're into football and you're not following 433, then you need to be. If you're into football and you are following 433, then you know what a, what a dude James is. Um, F1 Arcade, Formula One, the guy's into that as well. He's a professional skateboarder. He's had documentaries on the Extreme Sports Channel. He's an all-round good guy. It's the Ultimate Party podcast. Uh, he, he does it all. He does it all. I'm probably forgetting something as well. I don't have his CV in front of me, but it's it's a long list of uh, of things. Oh, and did I mention he's got an MBE? Uh, James is uh, a good friend uh, he's a good guy this is actually a redo we did have a conversation with him in the muck and dunder in Devizes shout out to those guys um, about a year ago and uh, we had some tech issues and we lost it and uh, so I was like James we need to redo this and he was like I've, I've done so much since then I'm so down to redo this so this is a brand new conversation um, with James Frelfall and this is season four of the podcast. Did I tell you that? It's season four of the Giant Pod with James Frowful. Here we go. Bing, bing, bing. It's amazing, man. I love it. I love it. Um, have you? Are these cassettes or are they CDs? 
CDs. They are CDs. I was going to say, I was like, yeah. dude, if you've got like a cassette collection as well, like that is badass. Um, I do have some somewhere up the back, around the back. Not a huge amount. In fact, there's a weird, a weird. Um, here's a little fun fact. So in here, behind here, and and some of these are cassettes on their side because the shells are so deep that I don't like how deep the CDs go in. No way! So I, put, so you... so I, so I went to the charity shop and I went, I want all your cassettes, and I bought all the cassettes in this charity shop, came home and just placed a load along That's the back so of the shelves just so I can have my CDs sitting how I want them. The the sheer disrespect to those artists that are the cassettes where you go, yeah, I bought, I bought your cassette, actually, not to listen to, just to pop up the other CDs. Um, amazing. Sorry, man. Chopin. I love that. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm so pleased that we're finally getting this done. Um, so for those for those listening, uh, now this is a, this is a uh, what is this? A reschedule of a redo. Oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> this has been mad because the first one as well, the first one I swear we were talking about doing that for ages. Yeah. And then... Yeah, we did the first one so long ago that we were just like, let's just do another. <laughs> let's do another. Yeah, I've got to bring people in. in, in the, we've had to redo it because we, we had a we had a massive tech, um, a massive tech death. Basically. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say um, it. You were gonna, I appreciate that you weren't going to throw us under the bus. Um, <laughs> to be fair, like we were saying so much has changed since that first yeah. one that like, I don't know how much of it was even going to be relevant anymore. Like, so... right. Exactly. It kind of works. It kind of works. Yeah. So, well, the first, I mean, I guess the first thing to talk to you about is, um, is that uh, we talked about your MBE um, last time. So, so I think the listeners probably realised by now there's a podcast out there that they, they may never hear. Yeah, and oh, so, dude, I'm really gutted though because this time I don't get to wear like you brought the mayor. I don't know what the official term is, but uh, chain. the mayoral chain. Oh, it yeah. is just the chain. You brought the mayoral yeah. chain, and I got to wear that in the last episode. That that <laughs> is that is something I am I am annoyed about, Andy. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I really liked that bit about the last episode, but. <laughs> Yeah, I was gutted about that because I just I came away from that with you thinking, oh yeah, we got a really good one in the bag. I was talking to someone earlier today, and I was saying I'm doing this pod with uh, this guy, and I was listing all all of the things that you've you've done, and I just ended up going, um, I mean, you fucking name it, he's done it, you know. And so I, you, so a load of things have changed for you, and and I want to know what they are. So some of this I'm going to be a bit clueless about because you do so much stuff i don't know what you what you are doing and what you're not doing anymore me neither um, the first <laughs> the first thing i want to ask you is you got the mbe yeah you talked about me meeting the queen and um and all that stuff last time and what a trip it was and how she what she say to you when she, she you know, you've done all right for yourself or something it, no it she yeah she was kind of like it, it, it she was very tongue-in-cheek man like she it actually was really quite like funny in the sense right. of like when I went up she was like you're here for skateboarding and it was, like, it was really funny man it was like it was almost like she was looking at me like what are you doing here um, yeah. but was like totally like ribbing not actually being like oh 
get out peasant like it was it was yeah. very much like she thought it was quite cool um and she was just chatting away about it like yeah i've had people be like oh yeah sure the queen was a fan of skating i'm like no no, no. i don't think she was actually a fan of, i don't think she's there like bringing out kareem campbell's greatest hits on the weekend over a cup of tea <laughs> but i think like it was just i think i think it was probably something so different for her that like we yeah. actually we actually had like a, a bit of a chat about skating and like she was saying is it good for like young people though because like isn't it quite dangerous and I was kind of like yeah like there is an element of danger but like at the same time like I've, I've played rugby I've done athletics and I'm like I've had injuries from all of them rugby I had I had contact injuries pretty much every single week like you go and play a game and like when you get into like the age of 16 that was kind of where where I stopped but it just it became very apparent man that when you get to that like senior level of rugby there's probably not a week that you play a game where you come away like injury free so like yeah, yeah I was kind of just saying I was like it's just part and parcel of any sport obviously there's a bit more contact but like she was like oh that's really cool and like saying about going and like there was um a guy she wanted to link me up with to go and like speak in parliament and stuff. And that didn't happen in the end, but I ended up speaking to the guy and he was really sound, but it was just like getting links from the queen to go and talk about skating in parliament. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. And, and, and I was going to ask you, cause she, you know, she's passed away now and she's, mm. you know, we've got King Charles, the, uh, what is it? Is he the, the second? No, third. What is he? Oh God, don't do that to me. What is Charles? Um, what is he? Does it, does it, I guess it matters to some. It does, of course. He's King Charles III. To the some third, people, it I knew this. Because Charles II was executed, wasn't he? I think he had his head cut off or something. Mate, your history knowledge is so much better than mine. <laughs> I don't, well, I can't keep up. I can't keep up with the beheadings, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that must feel quite special that you, you know, you got yours from, you know, such a legendary, you know, icon. You yeah. know, when she when she when she passed away, I, I don't I don't I'm not going to boast or anything. I don't want to boast or seem sort of glib or anything. But when she passed away, I, I was asked to say a few things for one of our local papers, and I I said she was an icon to icons. I mean that she was so true. You know, she was top of the pile, wasn't she? And 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 an untouchable in in the the amount of years that she was you know uh, on the throne and and all this stuff and it must feel quite special now knowing that that's you had that from such such a, a historic icon it must feel really good yeah 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 man fully like I I I totally appreciate like people have different opinions about kind of the royal family and monarchy and government and politics and everything you know but I think you're so right that like man like she lived like when you think about everything that she lived through and like man the things that she must have seen just changed through her life as well around yeah. the and like the things that she had to like guide a nation through which of course like the government has kind of become more in control of the day-to-day -day goings on but the amount that like she'd be involved in dude and it was like the number of engagements she'd have a year and it was like it was more engagements than she had days in a week like or, or days in a year you know it was just it was yeah. mental man and she was doing that right up until the end and i just go it, damn like yeah pretty pretty incredible really when you look at everything she was involved in along the way so yeah just to have had that moment of going like i never thought skating would get me into this room and like yeah i'm literally just you know stood chatting to the queen about skateboarding like yeah it just it just felt so surreal dude and I was kind of just like you know 
I can kind of hang my board up now. Like, <laughs> that's it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm probably not going to do much else beyond this. So I was like, yeah, it was just, it was just an unexpected thing, man. But like a real, like you say, dude, like a real honour. Like, you know, there are other royals that like, like I've met Harry and I've met Will and, you know, they were before everything had kind of blown up and Harry was still kind of part of the family in the way he used to be. Um, And like, and they were both really cool. They were both really, really nice. But yeah, you're right. It does just feel like a thing to have gone, oh man, like of all the people that could have given me my MBE, it was the queen at Windsor Castle. Like that's pretty big, you know? So yeah, man, it was cool. Yeah, that's that's great. It was such a special... um special thing like such a treasured thing now it's just i imagine it's just got so much weight to it yeah. um but yeah i mean maybe you're are you the, the the first person who's ever managed to get skateboarding into buckingham palace are you are you i don't know any other skateboarders with an mbe or i don't know man there's no i am the only skateboarder to have an mbe um right so that's pretty cool that does feel pretty good um yeah and it'll be cool to see who the next person is, man. Like, yeah, there's some skaters doing some amazing stuff, man, like charitable things and everything. So, yeah, it'd be really cool. Like, I'm sure it will happen again, but it does feel pretty mad to have been the first person. Like, <laughs> dude, like, great. But like I, I genuinely, so like, I think we might have talked about this last time, but like, I had no idea I was getting it. So it's not like I like applied or anything like that. It's like, yeah. you, you can't apply to receive an honor. Like it has to be nominated. And like, I only found out who had nominated me because my parents had been asked for some stuff. And my mum, like is the classic. She had loads of newspaper cuttings. So had basically all of this evidence of like stuff I've been doing. Cause for, for anyone that doesn't know it, so it was all around like, um, basically like getting skate parks built um, as well as kind of running skate contests. So I, I actually, it's how I got into presenting, man. Like in a roundabout way, like I started hosting skate contests from like the age of 15, um, but doing it for just grassroots skaters, you know, and doing it in Wiltshire yeah. where there weren't any contests really happening, um, getting the skate parks built in Wiltshire, but then also doing loads of stuff with mental health um, in, in kind of action sports and getting involved with Calm when Calm was, um kind of like a fairly like a relatively new charity which is just like man karma's just blown up now like it's so unreal but they were kind of so hot on trying to do stuff in action sports and approached me um and so it was all of that it kind of was just an amalgamation of all of those things um and so yeah it was just dude it was just so surreal like just had it come through my door just saying like we want to give you an mbe and i'd walked over the mail like I'd come back home and I'd walked over the mail and then Rosie, my partner had picked it up when she got back from work and was like, Oh, you fucking walked over the mail again. Like, and then she like gets this one out and she's like, why have we got this? Like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. I thought it was the police or something. Um, and nah, it was, it was, yeah, it was that. So yeah, totally unexpected. Did it have, um, did it have like an official looking envelope? Was it a pretty like, Ooh, yeah it, was, yeah it was it cabinet office that it comes from um right was it cabinet office but yeah it had it had some crazy um like heading on the envelope like it was just a brown envelope but it right. had some crazy heading and i just hadn't really clocked it and i'd like yeah i can't remember what i thought it was i think i like because i'd, I'd kind of clocked it but then i'd just been like oh it's probably just like a voting thing or whatever like do you know what i mean like i don't know it's just a it's just a mailer that everyone's got through the door and it would but it was a, then rosie pulled it out and it was like yeah it was addressed to me and it was opened it up and it was like would you accept an mbe and i was like 
Sorry, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, so there we go. Be what? So that was, yeah, exactly that, man. So um, so yeah, it's pretty pretty mad to be honest. But yeah, there we go. I'm happy to fly that, that flag. That's amazing. And you said that um, you know that early skate park, you know, being part of the that your local skateboarding community and and you know really investing in the scene and being a part of that was how you got into. Um, was how you got into presenting. Mm. I'm trying to figure out how we um, we came across each other. I think a mutual friend of ours messaged me and said, hey, there's this guy. He's doing some really cool bits with skating. He's doing a skate document. You were doing a do- the documentary. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I remember exactly what it is. It was that. It was the show I did with the Extreme Sports Channel. And someone recommended and- your tunes. Yeah, and I thought, well, all right. You know, a lot of the time you hear these things and you go, oh, it won't nothing will come of that you know but if, well, it's only a facebook ad it's really easy or just replying to a thread i can't remember what it was now yeah 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 um and that was kind of how how our, our, our sort of relationship began was the, you know you were like this is sick this is going on this show and um you know i just want to say thank you for that because that oh, was, man, that not was at, all. at the time that was mind-blowing it's like oh we've we've done it we're on telly <laughs> and we wanted to be you know we wanted to be part of skate culture you know yeah like yeah we yeah grew up we grew up playing tony hawks and you know found punk you know we didn't find uh some of us found punk rock through tony hawks but you know tony hawks really just kind of was legitimized it as like yeah this is the soundtrack you know yeah and hip-hop of course but um yeah so that was that was really cool but then ever so, so since we've been hooked up through that my God, I've just seen you do all kind of BBC, uh, you know, the Radio One, BBC Introducing. B- were you on BBC Wiltshire? Was it Wiltshire? You yeah, were so I, that's that's where that's where BBC. In fact, actually, it's not where BBC started from, but it's where the BBC started in terms of radio. Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird, like roundabout thing that that went on. Um, but yeah, basically, BBC Radio Wiltshire has been like the home and the hub for like everything I've done. So yeah, big shout and, and shouts and kind of love to them because like I'm sure you can imagine like a lot of what I'm doing isn't necessarily what you'd think of as kind of local radio output. And like, yeah. man, just like the trust they've put in me and like when, you know, was obviously had kind of doing Radio 1 stuff as like a bit of a goal. Um, yeah, I was saying, look, this is kind of what I want to do. This is the direction I want to go in. And my boss was literally like, look, okay, within the guidelines of what we can do on local radio, how can we make your show sound as close to something that like Radio 1 would be into as possible? And it was just right, do, yeah. like just the, yeah. And just having a boss, just do that. Just go, right, like we believe in you and what you're doing. Um, and we 100% want to be part of that journey rather than nice. just going, no, this is what we do. Like, fit in. Yeah. Like, it, it was, it, yeah. So Mary, my boss then, was just like, man, such a legend. And like, yeah, one of the best bosses I've ever had, man. Just to be, just to sit down with me and just just be like completely, you can just be completely honest. You can really kind of, because I guess some people as well could be like, oh, well, you think like you're too good for us or whatever. And it's it's not that at all, man. Like I love local radio so much. And like, yeah, I kind of, it's such an honor to be part of it. And I kind of want to be a part of it 
even if I drift away in years to come, I'd love to come back to doing stuff with local radio, you know? Like, I just think it's so important. Um, So it's not that at all. It was just like, I really love what you can do at Radio 1. And I've listened to Radio 1 for years. So I'd love to be a part of that as well. Um, And so, yeah, and it was just taken in the best way when I kind of approached that that subject. So yeah, like, love love the stuff there. but yeah, that's kind of been the base. And then introducing is obviously the West of England. Um, so that's Bristol, Gloucestershire and Wiltshire we cover with that. Um, so yeah, kind of just got into kind of, yeah, the the supporting grassroots music side of things through that, which has been sick, man. It's been so good. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing, really, that you've got a boss that goes, I will help you make your show so good that um, eventually we don't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's such you know so funny i never thought of it like that i'd never i'd never thought of it like that and that takes like a really special sort of person and a really sort of secure boss in a way mm-hmm. you know to go all right we know what you want to do and you're quite clearly very very capable at you know at radio and you're very very good at it and they you know they're they're all it's like when doctors go i don't want to see you again yeah, you know, it's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's you know people charities say, "Oh, put you know we 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 want to be so good that we put ourselves out of a job." Yeah, you know it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, I will let you go and be as brilliant as possible, and then just as you're really, really brilliant, and everyone's tuning into us, I'm going to say bye. See you. Just have good luck at Radio One. It's just it's, that's kind of extraordinary, really, man. Isn't it? I, yeah, I'd never really thought of it like that. Yeah, and yeah. So I mean, yeah, dude, it's it's really really cool, and I hope I hope that to be honest, like one day. Um, like there are obviously some changes going on at local radio at the moment. And um, that's been really prominent actually the week that we're kind of recording this. I don't know when you're planning to put this out, but obviously there were strikes and stuff literally yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I just, I, I, I would love at some point, like if I do kind of move on and, and do other things to be able to actually go to someone like, cause we've had to build the show up to what it is. So I kind of had to come in. I came in with a bit of a vision for it. And it was a bit like at first when I was kind of, cause I was very new. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, cool. Like that's a, that's an exciting idea, but like, let's take it step by step. And then like, I've just kind of, I guess, built up more trust, which has just been amazing. Like I say, and then just have bosses go, actually, yeah, we kind of just believe in you and, you know, like, giving me the autonomy and just more freedom and more creativity, which is just, to be honest, has helped me so much both on air and off air um, in terms of just producing things and understanding how things behind the scenes work and stuff like that. But I'd love at some point um, to then basically be able to hand the reins over to someone else and go, I put in so much work to get this show to this point and now you just get to walk in and have a great old yeah. time. That would be sick. That would honestly that would honestly be amazing. That would be so good to, to be able to hand over like a super slick show to someone that gets to walk in and love it. Like that would yeah. be, that would bring me a lot of happiness. So... Give me the thrillful list of um, slick fucking radio show. What what's what's the, the 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 things for you know this? What do you consider to be slick? I consider, you know, good microphone, good presence, good compression, uh, a good bed track. Yeah. Don't don't cut the song. Don't waffle over the end of the song too much. Yeah. Not not a, not an awful lot of like cheesy, cringy kind of like. Uh, hey, phone in. Tell me what you had for breakfast this morning. I had muesli. You know, you know, no, no Alan Partridge stuff. You know, what's your like? You know, what's the slick guide to radio by James Frelfall? Oh, That's a big question. But I'm sorry dude, to put you on the spot, dude. This is this completely 
depends on what kind of radio you're doing because mm-hmm. you can have really slick talk radio and like talk radio isn't really something I've ever done. Like obviously I do podcasting, but like live talk radio where you can't hide behind music, so to speak. Like that must be daunting as hell, man. Like I've never, I've never actually done that where you just go like, I lift my mic and I'm live for three hours. Yeah. Like I've ne- that, that must be, that must be insane. Um, yeah. but in terms of what I do, man, I think it's just like, like when I'm approaching a show, it's probably the easiest, easiest way for me to kind of talk about how I approach a show and what I want to do in a show is kind of just kind of like it, it's, it's bringing the energy. I want, I want the person listening to feel like the show has lifted them up a little bit and it's perfect. Like the slot I have at the moment is like Friday night, six till 10 PM. So six o'clock on a Friday, most people are driving home. They've left the office and they're heading home for the weekend. And it's like, I want that to be like, bam, six o'clock hits. And it's like, have some of this. Come on. Like, you know, it's a big tune. Like we opened up with Arctic Monkeys, Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor the other day. And it's just like, man, you just want a show opener that's just going to go absolutely slap you in the face. Um, And then just, yeah, just bring in the fun, man. Just like, I just, I, I'm, I'm way too much of a, of a perfectionist in terms of like what, how I want to sound and the slickness I want in my voice. And actually, when I listen to radio, I have to like, I have to consciously let go of that because when I listen to radio, the stuff I love most isn't that polished. Like it is just loose right. and it's, it's more conversational. So I have to constantly <laughs> just be like, dude, just like, just let yourself be free. So I try not to script much. Like I try and give myself points and then talk around the points where when I was first getting started, I was like, I've got every word written in front of me. And it was like, dude, you need to let go of that. Like, that's not, you know, it's just going to sound robotic. It's not going to, people aren't going to get, and people aren't going to get through to you. Like, you know, it needs to just be like, we're chatting now. Right. But yeah, with energy and, you know, like, so yeah, I think it, um, that is a huge part of it. The music is a huge part of it, but also just slick production, man. Like it's got to sound cool. Your jingles, your idents, your beds, like you say, like it's the stuff around it that can massively boost what your show is doing, you know? Um, so yeah, sorry, that was probably a terrible answer, but that no, was just no, it was great. A, a, a stream of words from the brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool. I remember I did, I used to have um, two live shows on Froom FM. I remember. Two, two years also and just like you were saying i totally relate the first show everything was scripted on like a4 bits of paper with my huge childish massive handwriting scrawled all over it and and you think yes fine okay i'm gonna be cool i've got this great set list that you know i I think it's gonna be great and and then as soon as that mic is hot, everything just yeah can evacuate <laughs> from the brain. And you just go on this, uh, yeah, what's up? You listen to Velocity Rock on Free Refer. And you just you just yep. go and you yep. just you just yep. open the tap and go. And and that's how I had to do it in the end. If I was trying to script it, and the same when I was the mayor, if I had to script stuff, speeches, mm. I did the 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 uh, the Christmas light switch on. I was on the balcony of one of the hotels here in, in Froome and I looked down and there was thousands of people waiting for, yeah. you know, I said, and the, the lady was like, Rachel was like, you're on in a minute when there's, when the, uh, when the Samba band stops. And I went, okay, when are they stopping? She was like, when they get to here, cause they were marching down from yeah, the high yeah, street yeah, yeah. and they were like 20 meters from it. Like they were so close to it. She was like, are you ready? And then I could, I could, I could hear that the mic was already hot in front of me, already <laughs> on. 
And there was all these thousands of people looking up, and I thought, I fucking haven't written anything because I don't want to stand there and go, hello, Froome, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so I just had to go, like, just completely wing it, which I, I obviously knew I was doing, but the, there's a difference between, yeah, I can wing it two hours before, and yeah, I can wing it with, like, 5,000 people looking at you, or however many people were down there. <laughs> And you said, bro, make some noise. And they did. That's and I went, so oh funny, my God. Man. Make some noise for this. And they did it. Make some noise for that. And they did. And I thought, right, I can't keep doing the make some noise thing. I'm going to have to say some, I'm going to have to do some words in a minute. I'm going to have to have something of some substance. And luckily it just, it just came out. I'm yeah, just radio yeah, yeah. mode. It came out. But I just remember, I just would just write down the songs and maybe a snippet of information about that song. Yeah. And then wouldn't even fully read that word for word. Like your brain just kind of, you know, when you're like doing that reading where some of the words, some of the letters of a word are taken out, but your brain still, yeah, yeah, it yeah, still yeah, scans yeah, yeah. correctly. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like I'd just scan over it and it would come out right, but I'd be adding in words, taking out words. Yeah, for sure. And that's man. the only way you can do it. You've got to just, it's just got to sound authentic and yeah, just in yeah. the moment. Yeah, because there's, there's some stuff for introducing that we will actually script more heavily because like right but at the same time like even when it's heavily scripted it's now at a point where it's like i might go off on one like i might just leave the script for a minute and i may never come back like and it, it's just stuff like yeah. that and i think it's just um at first like dude when i was getting started i was like i wouldn't do that i won't leave the script and it's now like now nah, dude like there might be something that comes to your brain and you're like that's so much better than what i've written down like to talk yeah. about um but yeah, like I say, in a lot of instances, um, in a lot of instances, I will just bullet point things and it will just be stuff that keeps me on track so that it's like, if I've gone off on one and I'm like, oh, okay, hang on. I'm like, where did I just go there? And then you're like, oh, okay. Actually the bullet points can bring me back in. You look over at the sheet of paper and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. This is the next thing. Like, let's have a chat about that. Like, you know, and you can just, you can just kind of bring it back in with, with that and just, you know, you can just get back in the game. If you lose yourself over here a little bit, you can just go, okay, cool. We're back on track. And so I'd say those bullet points are really, yeah, useful. Even if you don't use them, it's just knowing they're there just to keep you in check. Cause you can, when you get, when you get super chill with it, like when you do, you just get super chill with it and you lift the mic and sometimes like man on Friday nights, there's like, um, this like, like quite fun tongue in cheek, like sports quiz that we do, um, on air. And like, we have, we have like a real good laugh with it, but like, because it's so informal and we have someone like live on air taking it on and we're encouraging people in their cars to do it and stuff, but we're probably like live with our mics for like, yeah, man, it's made like eight minutes that we're just talking yeah. consistently for. And in that time, because it's so casual, you do just get to a point where you like forget your chatting, kind of like we do now. Like, man, we could just be talking like this on, you know, like we'd just go and have a beer. Like this is, you know, it, it just so happens we're recording this conversation right now. Um, and yeah, you do just kind of forget that that mic is, that, that mic is hot, you know? And so yeah. just sometimes having those things just to keep you in check and just go, oh yeah, cool. Okay. Like, you know, I've, I've gone off on one a little bit and this has brought me back into the order of the show. Um, it's just useful, man. I think it's just have those there sometimes. Yeah. I just used to enjoy having that skeletal thing of mm -hmm. just like that is, that is the g generic framework, but then I can't help it. You know, as soon as you know, you're there's something about live radio as well. There yeah. might be, you know, with Froom FM, there might've been someone's dog listening or there might've been <laughs> any number of people listening. You, you just don't know, but you yeah, treat yeah. it like, you know, there's 28,000 people living in this town. There's 28,000 people that could be listening to the show right now. And there's an adrenaline to it. And there's something about being live. Like, if I ever had to do, like, a pre-recorded show, 
I think it would just sound terrible. And, and you know, I used to embrace things going a bit wrong. And like, yeah, yeah. I remember once I, my, once my mic was hot and a moth flew in my face. I was in the middle of doing something, <laughs> something flew in my face. And I just was like, there's something in my face and played a song and just kind of got on with it. And there's, there's, there's a, there's a spontaneity and you don't want to lose that or be a slave to, to stuff. And, and you also like, you kind of put your own personality on like, 10 or 11 or something you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's yeah. on and it's like it's a different I'm mr. yeah i'm mr party i've got to bring the party <laughs> to wherever you are you know yeah and i don't yeah. walk into a room and be like mr party's here yeah in yeah. fact i'd rather walk into a party and just kind of be like what's up and just, you know just kind of like keep a low profile and not you know be but on the radio it's like ah what's going on yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's dude cool. it's, it's an accentuation of yourself that you probably yeah like, dude, you, you like you say, you never walk into a room like that person. Do you know what I mean? I'm never like, you know, it's it is like a projection of of yourself. It's like you turn your own personality up to eleven a little bit. Like, it's not fake. It's not not you. But at the same time, it's like you're probably never that person off air. Like, you know, it, yeah, it's an interesting thought, man. That is a really interesting point because I've never really thought about that. Like, even at a party, you'd never walk into the party and be that person. Like, even though you're, even though on air, you're like, yeah, I'm bringing the party. It's like at that party, if it was a real party, you probably wouldn't be like that. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought, man. Man, I miss radio. I think about it every day. Do you every get back day, into I might, it? I might have to do, I might have to, I might have to. I think, I think about it. It was, um, it was a long time ago now, but there are just times when I'm like, oh God, I'm into, you know, when you have a period where you're into like loads of really good music yeah, and you're like, yeah. oh, I just keep finding great stuff at the moment. That's the moment where I'm like, oh, I want to share it with the world. And yeah. then, then I'm like, oh, I used to have a, I used to have a vessel for, you know, this new uh, thing or whatever. And uh, no, I, you know, I don't anymore. I thought, I have thought about it. I think I think about it every day. Yeah, At some man. point, I'll have to scratch the itch. Yeah, but, um, I th- dude, for people that say like, if people that say, "Oh, yeah, radio's dead, radio's dying," uh, dude, if like people, I genuinely believe people look for that taste making. You know, like exactly what you've just said. Like, you've got some amazing taste makers, and we will always have amazing taste makers that have a great ear for music, and that is. For me, like, man, like radio, I just don't see that radio can die for as long as cars have radios in them, right? Like, even if no one, even if no one had a radio in their homes, which isn't the case, so many people have the radio on in the office because they don't want to have the same old Spotify playlist on or they get to get partway through a playlist and there's some rubbish on it. You just go, actually, I just want to put like, you know, Jordan North and Vic Hope on Radio 1 or whatever it is, you know. And yeah. like there, it's always it's always going to have that place, and sure, maybe it is going to be slightly different. With you know, you see how much like Radio One and stuff share on social media now, like clips of shows and snippets of shows, which is so the like totally the way to go. But do like for exactly the reasons that you've just said, like do radio ne- will never die. Like in my opinion, in my opinion, radio will never die. It won't be like it was, but it yeah. will never die. Well, I really hope so. I really, really hope so. Here's here's some hope for you if you ever feel like it. I work with kids who have uh, special educational needs. And mm-hmm. when we take them out to wherever they're going, forest school or some, some cool little trip somewhere, they know the radio station they want. Really? They want heart. They want heart. Really? They Go want on. heart. They've got a choice in the car. They've got Radio 1. They've got Kiss FM. Um, no, it's Kiss 101, isn't it? Kiss 101? Kiss, it's, Kiss. it's just Kiss, Kiss now. Kiss Radio 1. 
Greatest Hits Radio. Yeah. Shout out Greatest Hits Radio. <laughs> um, and, and Heart. And they are very passionate. You know, no, 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 no. I want Radio 1. I want Radio 1. We had Heart on the Way. We had Heart on the Way. I want Radio 1 on the way back. That's want, amazing. You know, there's one kid. He sits in the middle of the, of the, at the back so he can keep an eye on the radio. So there is another, another generation of kids that they know what they, that even at 11 years old, they know what their station is. 100%, man. 100%. And I, and I, and that brings me great comfort because, you know, although I'm only 30 years old, I sometimes I feel like 50 and, <laughs> and that makes me feel, you know, sometimes it makes me feel like things aren't changing too fast for me to catch up with. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm turning 30 this summer and I was telling a mate like, oh yeah, cool, going to do some stuff for my 30th. And he was like, he's, he's a few years younger. And he was like, oh, dude, like, are you going to turn 30? He's like, I always just think of you as 25 still. And I was like, mate, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I don't know if that's meant to be a compliment, but it's not. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there we go. 30, 30 this summer, mate. We are aging I, beasts. We are. I had to convince someone the other day who I work with that I was indeed 30. Yeah. As in and you this- were older or younger? thought I was older they were like nah there's no no you're not 30. that's a good way to be this is the good way this see this this friend of mine was like no nah, I thought you were 25 you're well old <laughs> I was like no I'm 30 and they're like you're not 30 and I was like I am only 30 thank you <laughs> and this person's like related to me somehow it's, that just makes it a little like that's Shut so up. funny man <laughs> that's so good so good has your nan's sister or something said something about me before I don't know like shut <laughs> But um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, awesome. How how do you feel about aging? Do you feel good? I I do, don't know. Are you know, scared man. of the three O? You scared? I'm of not. It? I dude, I'm not that scared of it. Like, I don't think. Maybe I am. <laughs> I don't know. I I wasn't. I felt pretty good. Yeah. I felt like okay, you've only got one stretch of twenty to thirty. Yeah. And I felt like I didn't waste it. Yeah, nice. I felt like I did. I I didn't feel like I squandered it maybe the first couple of years of the 20s i was in party mode a bit still but like yeah for most of it the, the majority of it i feel like you know i did some cool stuff and 30 came along and i was like what's up 30 yeah man you know? i like that like, I, I think that's good i think if you feel like you've accomplished stuff in your 30 in your 20s that's cool but i feel like it's also it's just cool that like nowadays there is just more acceptance of like Man, you can figure stuff out. It's you can you can change your career, you can change your path like whenever you want. Like and yeah. I think that's so cool that like we're part of and we shouldn't take for granted, like part of a generation that okay, yeah, the like, you know, we're probably the most economically challenged generation that there has been for, <laughs> for some time. But at the same yeah. time, we are part of a generation where it is much more accepted that you can still be like finding yourself at 30 and you don't have to have it all figured out and you can still be exploring and trying to trying to figure out what's next. Like, I think that's sick. So I don't feel like 30 is coming around as in like, oh my God, like 30, 30s looming. I feel like I'm well old. I feel like I'm not going to be able to do the things I want to do. Um, but I'm I like, yeah, there's things I there's things I haven't achieved yet that I want to achieve, but then there's also things that I've achieved that like I hadn't even set my sights on or hadn't even thought about trying to do in my twenties. So I'm kind of like, I'm 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 pretty bad at going like, I have this goal and I have this dream over here, and this is exactly what I want to do. Um 
And like, I'm pretty bad at like, okay, that isn't exactly what's happened. And so I'm like, I feel like I haven't quite done what I was meant to do. But at the same time, I'm like, like, dude, we talked about the MBE. Like I never, there was no part of me that set out that like, oh, I'm gonna gonna do that or whatever, you know? Like there was no part of me that thought that was a bit of the journey, but like, you know, so I think, yeah, it's cool, man. Like I'm just excited to get into the next decade, you know? Like see what happens. Great, That's, uh, that's, that's great to not be, to not be scared of 30 and be... I, I embraced it. I thought... I, I mean, I don't want to dwell on being 30 too long, but I embraced it. I thought, yeah, I haven't messed my 20s up. I've been really lucky. I've had loads of opportunities. I'm really privileged. I've got, you know, the world is my oyster, and I felt just great that that I didn't squander it or do nothing or, or, or whatever. I never thought I'd be the, the mayor mm. um, of anywhere. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you know? You've just been to where were you? Uh, beautiful Munich. Yeah. Is that right? Oh man, it's it's been um, yeah, it's been a crazy start. It's been a crazy start to the year. Like it, it, yeah, four three three. I'm doing a lot of work with, which is wicked, man. As like the British host for them. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, like four three three is the biggest football platform in the world. Like the numbers that oh, man, what what are things on now? It's like it's we're in a group chat and it's like they update every time there's a new hundred thousand um followers. And <laughs> dude, it's like every few days. Um what is it? When I started, I started 18 months ago, right? Roughly. Yeah. And 433 had just hit 37 million followers on Instagram, which you go, that yeah. is solid. In that 18 months, they have become 61.3 million followers on Instagram. Oh, goodness. And you just, dude, it's just obscene numbers. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. And it's like, it's up there as, like, I'm pretty sure because of, because of the, like, engagement that 433 gets and the amount of posts that they will do through the day, because it's kind of like, it's a new site, but also it's a content creation like outlet. Like it's yeah, there's there's so much that four three three are posting about in any one day. They're doing all the match coverage. They've got behind the scenes stuff. They'll also, of course, be like reposting big clips from from things from players and things like that. Um, so there's a lot that gets posted in any one day. So four three three is like up there with the biggest Instagram accounts in the world, full stop outside of football, yeah. just, just as like one of their, their, their numbers that they're doing every month are just insane. So yeah. It's, it's what was that number again? 61.3. I think it was, I just said, yeah, 61.3 million followers on Instagram. Um, mental. Um, so yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm just doing, I'm doing a lot of hosting with them. We're out at the world cup. Um, yeah, did a lot of the euros as well, but then just doing lots of match takeovers. So the other day I was in, um, I was covering Bayern Munich PSG. So we did both legs of that. So I'd been in Paris, um, where we got some amazing pitch side seats, man. That was really cool. Um, and then the other day we were in Munich on the return leg. Um, so yeah, Munich seeing themselves through in the champions league, but yeah, it's wicked, man. It's so cool. And And it's so different different dude like i feel like you man like you just even even five ten years ago you'd be like there's no way like we're doing literally match coverage and the whole idea of 433 is like that it's 
it's it's for the fans and it's in with the fans. It's not like, oh, we're off having these real mental VIP experiences. Um, obviously, the pitch side seats were quite cool, but that was kind of part of a promotion. It's like yeah. we are in the stands with the fans and it's not high production for those takeovers. Some things we do, of course, are high production. Um, like World Cup, we had a studio and stuff like that. But we are literally just filming on phones and it's going out to 60 million people. So we're in there just going, just talking to camera, man. And it's literally... The whole idea is that it's we are just at the game. We are doing exactly what everyone else in the crowd is doing, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool, man. But it just it just feels insane that you're like, we have a massive global audience and I'm just talking to an iPhone. Like, what the, <laughs> what the hell? It just feels like, yeah, it's so mad, so mad. Like, but yeah, it's sick, dude. It's and it's so much fun. Like, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, it's it's a really, really cool, really cool thing to be a part of. So how did it build such, because that's, I imagine after 10 million, maybe, let's say, for argument's sake, things just steamroll. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, 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 and engagement begets engagement and reach begets reach. And, yeah, yeah. And then it becomes it becomes a, a an unstoppable you know, monster, which it exactly. really is. What do you think is, what's the, I mean, again, you've you talked about your radio thing and I've gone, give me the frailful list of slick, <laughs> slick radio. So, you know, what, what do you think is the secret sauce for four, uh, is it 433? Four, three, three? Yeah, 433. Three. I yeah. keep saying 442 or other stuff. Exactly. I'm not a big football guy. No, so 100%. No, me. I get it. I get it. But, um, I, I think, I think it's kind of what I was just saying about, like, I think it's that, it's that fan perspective. So it's, it's not, um, we're disconnected from the fans and going, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like we are in the mix and it's like, you know, like the, the amount of times that we get approached and it's like people being like, like not necessarily knowing my name, but coming up at the, at the Munich game, someone came and asked for pictures, but they just come up and they go, oh, four, three, three. And they're just like, oh yeah, we've been following your stories. We see, see the stuff that you do. And they just like, it's just like, we are just in the mix. We aren't off in like some studio somewhere. Um, and so I think it probably just feels real, man. And like, I, yeah. I'm sh- you know, the guys that work for Sky Sports and stuff, of course they're football fans. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's just like you, everyone I work with at 433 just genuinely loves football and is just hyped, hyped to be involved in doing the things that, that we're doing. And it's like, yeah, I think it's just, it's just kind of real and authentic, but also, yeah, it's like you say, you kind of snowball, you start to get more access to big players. So of course you get more following. It's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the end where it's just this spiral of growing following that's just absolutely yeah. and then you become the thing the platform that everyone needs to follow and it's like oh you start getting into football and it's like you probably get suggested to follow 433 when you're liking a few football things on instagram and stuff so it's just it, i think it probably just goes like that man but I, re- I really like that that's kind of like the um that is kind of like the big thing i think as well though with 433 it's like um for so many media outlets, Instagram isn't like the main place. It's like Instagram will be the place that you post highlights of your like TV coverage or whatever, where it's like 433, it's like Instagram and the 433 app is like, you know, it's all digital. It's all online. It's, It's not like, oh, we're on like, you know, Sky or whatever. It's like, no, it's like get on Instagram and it's there, like you know. And yeah. I th- and I think that's 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 probably one of the main things for for people that it's like yeah, cool. It's like that that is the place the content is posted. Um, so yeah, it's just it's wicked, man. It's it's honestly it's mental. It's a mental thing to be a part of. How did um, how did that come about then? So I'm guessing 
it was something off the back of like I don't want to be like I'm not like how did you get your job? No, 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 like, no, no. I'm laughing because it's a, it's also, actually quite a funny story, man. Like also like how did you get that job? Yeah. Like, you know, like is it is it like the BBC thing? Obviously, you put BBC on on your resume, and you know that is that's a gold standard, isn't it? You know, any affiliation with the BBC in a broadcast sense they're the gold standard aren't they so imagine that helps a lot but these things are probably who you know as well and as you said i think you jumped on it a pretty pretty good time for them and um, yeah 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 it, dude it was honestly it, it's a really funny story so so like yeah i've been like you talk about the bbc i've been really lucky to obviously so I've done all the radio side of things as well um but you know i've done bits with bbc sounds with bbc3 with bbc sport like i've had the chance to kind of get stuck in in a lot of different places which has been which has been honestly like incredible um and that has that all without a shadow of a doubt helped i'm sure um but actually it was a competition <laughs> like 433 getting the job as host it was something they advertised on socials and a friend of mine saw it and was like dude, you should get in here. Like you should, you should, you should try. And I was like, right. man, I was like, they've got a mental following. And I was kind of just like, like for me, I am a football fan. Like I'm a fan of Tottenham Hotspur. It's very painful. Um, but like we, you know, I, 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 I do enjoy watching, watching football, but have I played football to a high standard? No. Um, right. and do I like, man, I don't get into like the intricacies of the game. Like I, and, and when I, so when I saw it, I was like, dude, I'm not like an expert of football. I really, really enjoy going and watching football. I really enjoy being part of the game and I enjoy getting around with friends and watching a game and a Especially when, dude, like as a Spurs fan, like, like watching the North London derby with my mate Nico, who is an Arsenal fan, it's like it's gonna be painful for one of us. And that like experience is like as much as as much as it sucks if you're the one that's losing, it's like, man, it's just so fun that there's something that you're that invested in and you can come together as mates. So I love that side of football. And it was basically when it was advertised, I was like looking into it and it was like it then we're saying about, oh, we're all about the positivity of football. We're all about the fan experience. And I was like, maybe I could do this. Yeah. Like if they're not looking for like people to break down the game and like get real, like, like technically into like the statistics and formations and plays. And I'm like, you know, cause that's not me, but I'm like, I can go to a game and have a good time and like convey that. Um, and so yeah, I kind of didn't think too much of it because I thought there was just going to be mad competition. I probably wouldn't get it, but I was like, okay, I've seen enough to know that I should throw my hat in the ring. Um, I had my show reel anyway. So I was like, what have I got to lose? Um, and it was just like a little thing to fill out online and just explained about being a Spurs fan and, you know, the local sports bar that I watch a lot of the games at and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, got a thing set and I was in the final eight and I was like, you're having a laugh. You're absolutely <laughs> having a laugh. Um, and then, yeah, I did. What else did I have to do? I then like, yeah, just, I think I had to film like a video for the fans then. And like, yeah, there was a bit of a, vote, a voting thing. And then I went to the final four and we had to do like a takeover of, um, it was Villarreal versus Man United. Uh, was it Europa League? Um, but yeah, it was the finals anyway. And um, Villarreal won and it, it went to pens and the goalkeepers took pens. It was incredible. Um, it was like a real good game to actually do a takeover of. But we did it from home. And it was, again, I got my mate Nico involved and we kind of like made a bit of a thing of like, we're used to being rivals. So like, right. we haven't got any kind of like, um, like, 
allegiance to either of the teams, but we used to be in rivals. So when he arrived at my house, like I filmed him picking a name out the hat and stuff. So we just supported whichever team we we got. I got Villarreal, he got Man United. Um, and so, yeah, we went to the supermarket and like I picked up some Spanish beer and he picked up some terrible, like cheap English beer. We just like really played on it. Like I got to have like paella and he had like the like basic sausage and mash. Like we just, we just <laughs> kind of had fun with that. And then he, and then he like burnt it, like set it alight in my oven, which was hilarious. So we just had all of this going alongside the game and then they came back yeah. after and they were like, dude, yeah, you've got it. And I, it was like, oh dude, I got it because like there was funny stuff where we set like sausage and mash alike. Like this is my kind of gig. I was like, this sounds great. Like, and it, it's so like that, man. Like, we, like the other day in Munich, we were out, like we went to a bar and like, part, it was part of the experience. It was paid for by Just Eat. Like they were, they were the partner with us. Um, and they wanted to take us to this really cool restaurant in Munich. Um, and we went in there, man. And it was like, the guys couldn't have been more hyped to have us there. They were big 433 fans. But they were like, dude, hooking us up with the best apple strudel. And like, we had some mental plates of meat, dude. Like, And then it was like getting beers. Yeah. But we were also, they just sat us at a table with a load of Bayern Munich fans. And they could not have been more friendly, man. Like, we're just hanging out. And I'm like... This is what, like, you know, I'd rather be doing this, like, than, you yeah. know, have it trying to be someone I'm not and break down play and be like, oh, it should have run, made a run through there and put a, put a ball through to him um, on the break. And like, you know, I'm, I'm like, that's not me. Like, you know, I want to just go, yeah. I'm in with the fans. We're at this amazing bar. Like, we're having a really good time. And this is what football's about. Because um, that's kind of what we do with 433, man. It's sick. It's so good. Who were um, who was in that final four of you? Do you did you know? Did you have any I actually idea follow who it a was? couple of them? Yeah, there's someone right. who's doing a lot with. Is she doing a lot with European athletics? And then there was someone who was like, he was actually a really good footballer, I think. But he um, yeah, he was. I think he just kind of uh, had a had a shot at, at, at doing some bits. Like he just he put together put together like a bit of a demo of of him presenting, and yeah, was really solid. But yeah, so I, I like dude, like I say, even at that final four, I was like, I'm not necessarily expecting to get this. Um, and then did, and I was just like. Jeez! Yes. Wow. Okay. Cool. Let's let's go. And they, yeah, it was like I the I was meant to have, or I was told I was going to have an interview. So, dude, I like prepped all of this stuff, all of these notes, all these things I might say, all these things I suggest that we could do, and um, went on the call. And like the guy that that I was on with was like, we had a little chat at the start, and then he like I was expecting the questions to start, and then he was just like, so the Euros are coming up. Which days can you do? And I was like. Oh, great. Like I've just, I've spent hours on this stuff, man. Like I've spent hours putting all this stuff together and he's just like, yeah, get your calendar up. Let's get you booked in. And I was like, oh, damn. Um, but it was a real baptism, a baptism of fire, man, because it was during COVID. Um, and so we're on the reduced capacity stadiums um, for the Euros, but they couldn't fly anyone in. They could, because there was right. all of the... Um, I think it was the quarantining times. And I think at some points, like the borders were just closed. So it was like, you could, like the teams were allowed to be here, but it was like, you couldn't fly in as fans and stuff. So like, dude, I got, I got the gig. And like, usually there's someone filming with me that has like a bit of a shot list and stuff of things that we want to get and things we need to do. Um, and they were just like, yeah, just get in there and you're just going to have to go selfie on everything. And it was like, okay, like I've just, I've literally just started the job and I'm now at Wembley. Like, yeah, just trying right. to... And they've gone, just doing through selfies. And uh, did you feel like, no, I, I need, 
Give me some actual direction. Not, not really, it? man. I, dude, I kind of like that, right? Like, and right. not to kind Use of your initiative. Not to segue too much, but like with that, I've just, I've just kind of started getting involved with F1 Arcade, which is wicked. And like, I'm a, a massive F1 fan, man, and like hyped to to be getting in there. Um, but like, similarly, the first race that we were covering the other day, there like was a bit of a brief but not too much. And sometimes right. that's the best, dude. Like okay. sometimes yeah, yeah. that is the best. When you when you know what you need to do and you know what you should get from it, but equally it's not like you need it. You've got a tick list. You need to do this. You must do this. You must do that. When it's like, look, we know what the end product is roughly like. Like we know we want to include these kinds of things, but ultimately be yourself and just make it great. Like yeah, that yeah. is the best, man. That is the best. Yeah. It's like you must well, know with music. To- you must know with music. Like, sorry, dude. You like when you're writing when, okay. you, when you guys are writing tunes, you probably start in one place. You hear this all the time. Like you start in one place with the track and it ends up somewhere totally different. But if you've stuck to your guns, like and just been like, no, it must be like we originally planned, like it probably wouldn't be as good a tune. Yeah. I was gonna liken it to radio. Again, it's yeah. the radio thing, isn't it? If you if you micromanage it. Mm. It's gonna be shit. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna feel robotic and and inauthentic. Do you are you seeing? Um, I do want to talk about the F one, and then I want to talk about that podcast of yours, <laughs> and then and then and then I think I think I think we're good. I think we'll probably get kicked off of uh, <laughs> kicked off of. <laughs> but um, do you see four three three influencing traditional media and how they're doing their sports coverage now? Are you looking at stuff it's from a really maybe good question. Sky Sports or? Um, dare I say match of the day and you're going we did that six months ago that's like our thing you know? <laughs> I don't I, I, I wouldn't say I've seen anything like where I'm like they've ripped us off but like you definitely yeah. you definitely see the way things are changing I don't know if that's necessarily people going oh my god like 433 are doing this or if they're just going it's the way the world is like I was saying about like Radio 1 and you go you know the amount that they're putting into social media now because it's where everyone is like you know, I have, I was thinking just the other day, I was talking to someone about this, like, you know, I was listening to Greg James in the morning, really enjoyed Greg James's show. Um, but I was on the way to and from the gym and I picked up some bits and later on in the morning, he had a guest on that I wasn't listening for, but then I saw it on Instagram and I watched the video and I liked it. And I'm like, yeah, so you have still picked up the show at a different point. So I, I think in a similar way with, with football and like Match of the Day X, they're doing some quite cool challengey things that aren't just like, oh, let's look at this, let's look at this, you know, like game and, and talk about it. It's like, you know, which is important. And like, you know, lots of people do want to see that. But at the same time, like the stuff I love with 433 is like, we will do hilarious stuff, like sitting down with Ian Wright and we just fired as many questions at him as we could in 60 seconds. And like, yeah, he was an absolute legend. And then like, we do stuff where we're doing like the, um, like the first touch challenge where you stood on a table and it's like, throw a ball at you. And you've got to just literally have one touch of the ball and just try and keep the ball on the table. If it goes off the table, you're out. And it's like, we'll have someone come in. We'll have someone come in. Like in, it, when we were at the World Cup, we'd, we'd have people come into the studio that were like, massive names and it's like oh cool so what am I doing today and it's like yeah you're just standing on this table and doing the first touch challenge mate and it's like it's so funny dude it's really funny like Kevin Peterson yeah. Kevin Peterson cricket legend came in and I can't remember exactly what it was we did with him but I was like this is gold because like we haven't gone oh my god we've got Kevin Peterson and we need to interview him about his his career it's like get him in and it's just have a laugh with him like let's do some bits with him yeah. because that's what social media want like if you're a fan of Kevin Peterson you know you've probably heard him talk about you know cricket a thousand times 
times. So let's do something a little bit different. So yeah, I think I think there are there is a bit of a move to do that kind of stuff, and people just understanding that that is what is done on social media more. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe some influence from four three three. I'm sure, but yeah, I wouldn't ever want to go. Oh yeah, they're all following us. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'm not in a position to to. to to say whether they are or not but you know when something like that comes along and and people you know people keep an eye on these things yeah yeah you start yeah. getting millions of millions you know the the mainstream the, the you know the main um traditional media you know all that they keep an eye on that stuff. yeah 100 when they see when they see something like what you're up to getting the engagement and the popularity and the growth that you're getting then they then they react to it and that's it's a reactive space isn't it yeah it's, man that's no bad thing. Competition is good. It breeds a lot of a lot of. Um, it's just good if you're yeah. passionate about yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing. Yeah, you want it to have competition because you, everyone wins. Then yeah, exactly. Well, the fan the fans definitely win. Yeah. Tell me about F1 Arcade. It's another sport that I I don't watch oh, or man. know much about. You should you should watch it. It's um yeah it's so much fun, man. And and actually. The thing I sometimes find overwhelming about football is like, and dude, I don't know how some of the guys at 433 do this. Like, I, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely bad for being like, I'm an, Eng I'm an English football fan. And we have arguably the biggest league in the world in the Premier League. And I'm just so Premier League centric in my following of football where yeah. like a lot, so 433 is based in Amsterdam. Um, and so lots of the guys that work there are European. It's like a super diverse team um, of people from all, all over. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, but they, they follow so much football and you go, you've got this league with like 20 teams in and they know pretty much like 80% of the players and what they're up to. And you just go, dude, how are you keeping tabs on this many people? Um, so I yeah. quite like with 433, man, just being like educated by a lot of the guys that are way more knowledgeable about football than I am. But the great thing about Formula One, dude, is there's 10 teams and there's 20 drivers. And so if you want to get into F1, if you want to get into F1, there isn't like, there's only so few, like that it is, it is kind of like, um, what's the word? I don't want to say like, critiqued but it is like you know it's acknowledged that you know f1 there's very few shots like you can be incredible in motorsports and some people that have absolutely deserved a seat in f1 it just hasn't worked out for them because there's so few seats that you can get into but from from a fan perspective if you're looking to get into a sport f1 is great because you've just got 20 people that you need to know about and 10 teams that you need to follow um so yeah i just i, I like it's been something that i've kind of i've got into more latterly, I can't remember, maybe like 2015, I kind of started following F1 and it's just grown and grown as a real passion. Right. We've had some good juicy seasons. Um, and dude, it's just an exciting sport. Like is, there's a, they've worked really hard to make it a spectacle and make it exciting and make, like Grand Prix's are wild. Like they're just the sickest events. I've, and I, I, I've never actually been to one, dude. Like I'm, I, like, right. cause yeah, Silverstone, it's just, it's just never worked out for me because tickets go like that. And they're like, yeah, a million pounds. Um, but it's like, <laughs> but, but I'm like, yeah, I've, I've never actually been. So I've always been like a, a viewer from, from home, but then F1 arcades kind of come along, which is this insane thing in St. Paul's in London, like literally St. Paul's out the window. It is like all you can see. It's just over the road. Um, They've got 60 racing simulators and the place is absolutely pimped. Like you go in and if you are an F1 fan, like you don't have to be an F1 fan, you walk in and go, oh my gosh. But if you're an F1 fan, you walk in and you go, this is literally the dream. Like this is the best right. place I've ever been. It's like 
super bougie bar, really great kind of decor. You've got like lights that are racing tracks and the light goes round as if it's like a simulation of a car. And then you've just got the most pimped, like 60 absolutely pimped racing simulators that, um, yeah, you can sit in and race your mates on. And, and yeah, it's, it's mental, man. And on race day, basically, we're, we're doing like watch parties there. So I've been hosting those. I was hosting a panel with Jody Kidd the other day, who is TV presenter, model, racing driver herself, and um, Max Chilton as well, who used to be an F1 driver for Marussia, um, which now is Haas, is basically, yeah, the current team. It's kind of changed hands a couple of times. Um, and he was in, I think it was the 2020. 12 to 13 and then 13 to 14 seasons. Um, but yeah, and we, we did a panel there um, and then got out in the crowds. Like, dude, 700 people in a room, all F1 fans, and the atmosphere is wild, man. Like, you get a tense moment and everyone's like, oh, oh, and the room's just like erupting. And it's like, dude, I'm used to seeing this with football. Like, I'm not used to experiencing rooms full of people like this in F1. Um, so right. yeah, it's really exciting, man. It's a, an amazing place to be. And like, I'm just stoked to be in there doing that. So we're hosting those kind of parties. Um, yeah. But then also like working on content and stuff as well. So there's some content that's in the works. That's all coming together. Um, so we should be doing some really cool digital stuff there as well, which is wicked. It feels like kind of the space like where F1, I guess, can, again, kind of like football, it can, it can almost... I don't, I, I'm trying to think of a word that isn't disrespectful because I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's like, you know, you can get very into the nerdy side of F1 on TV and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. But as a presenter, I really, I'm like you, man. Like I really enjoy having a lot of fun with presenting. And it feels like F1 Arcade is a place where we can have a lot of fun, man. Like it feels like we can, you know, you've got racing simulators. It's like I say, it's in an amazing bar. It just feels like the setting to, to have a lot of fun and like get a little bit yeah. wild with some of the content and do some really, really great things that we might not be able to do elsewhere. So yeah, it's sick, man. So I'm going to go for another list, another throwful list, right? Okay. What's, what, what's, and then we're going to talk about the podcast yeah. and, 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 and then we're good, I think. Yeah. Um, what is, what makes a juicy season? Oh, dude, like the um, season before last with Max right. Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, which was documented everywhere. Um man, you've just got two cars that are really competitive at the front of the field. And it was just, it was just great. That rivalry between the two of them was just unbelievable. And it was just from one, one race to the next. You had no idea who was going to be coming out on top. And, you know, there's been, I'm, I'm quite a Lewis Hamilton fan. I'm quite a Mercedes fan. Um, but even though he didn't win that season and there's a lot of controversy around how Max Verstappen won the season, um, which I won't get into because it's been documented heavily. Um, that was a damn exciting season. As much as I personally wanted Lewis to win, man, that was the most exciting season I've experienced yet as an F1 fan. Um, because there's been seasons where Lewis Hamilton's run away with it and you just go, oh, he's, he's won again. Like, do you know what I mean? And right. Max, Max okay. Verstappen's almost getting into that season. And, and you know, as a, as a Lewis fan, you're going, oh, really happy for Lewis. But at the same time, you're going well, the excitement of this race is going to be further back because there's, you know, Lewis is off in the distance. So actually yeah. seeing a season where Max and Lewis were toe to toe like they were was, oh man, it was phenomenal. Um, so I think that's it. It's just it's just when the teams are kind of close and with, with some of the regulation changes that they've brought in with the cars and the cost caps and stuff like that. Um, 
it's, it's basically, it's trying to bring the cars closer together to make sure that that is a consistent feature that, you know, teams aren't just running away with it and teams, but although Red Bull look like they're doing it right now, um, they've started yeah. the season and Max Verstappen like literally was just off in the distance and um, he was so far ahead that the team were just managing his lap times. They were just like, yeah, yep, yeah, slow it down a little bit, mate. Like we don't need to push the car this hard. Um, and, and you just go, dude, that's the first race of the season and you're going, right. it's in the bag. Like you're 30, what was it? 38 seconds ahead of anyone else and you just go just manage the lap times mate it's all good we don't need to risk anything yeah. we don't need to push the car harder than we need to push it um so yeah wow. like it's so that is what makes an exciting season i think when you've got a tense rivalry like that and you know it's chopping and changing and you know every point counts you know like you you have a dnf in a race you don't finish that race and it's like is that going to decide the championship like you know or right. even you just you have a bad pit stop and you end up rather than being up in the top two, you're down in seventh and you go, are those points going to make the difference? Like it's wild, dude. So yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time to be an F1. Mercedes are having a bad patch at the moment, but um, yeah, Max Verstappen, man, is just incredible to watch. Like, yeah, he's a genuinely insane driver. So he's probably going to win this season, uh, can tell already. And we've only had one race so far. So yeah. Amazing. I don't know much about F1, but I, I know 38 seconds is... Oh yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're shaving a, you know, it's all yeah. like shaving a tenth of a second off of here and there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Th Thirty-eight is god mode. I, uh, yeah, I unbelievable, unbelievable. Like yeah. the thing to watch if you're not an F1 fan is is Drive to Survive on Netflix, which um, right. gets a mixed rap uh, in the F1 scene because there is a lot of. Um, they create a lot of drama and like in the last season there was a whole joke around like Toto Wolf, who's the boss of Mercedes. They like, they said to him about, oh, we're making a documentary. And he's like, this isn't a documentary because he's like joking about how much is kind of, is potentially twisted or definitely twisted right. for cameras. Rivalries created for the show that definitely don't exist in real life. Um, so it's definitely really good to get into how exciting F1 can be. And it's a really good entry point, but definitely take it with a pinch of salt. It will get you fired up though. And you will want to watch a race if you watch it. So Nice, nice. Well, my, my connection to F1 is that Jensen Button is from Froome. Yeah, yeah. Grew up in Froome. And there was the, the moment I knew Froome was cool was I was spending a lot of time in Bath at the time um, with... Um, studying music so I wasn't really in Froome an awful lot yeah and that's one of the rare times I was kind of back and back for some amount of time we had our Christmas extravaganza and he came to Froome in an F1 car no. and teared it up and down the high street love that and I thought yeah Froome's, Froome's getting pretty cool now <laughs> and it was it wasn't even like the main one it was like a like like a slightly smaller yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, like yeah. version of what he what he actually drives and it's so loud oh I'm just so all up in the donuts so um and they had to um they had to i was chatting to a guy in the summer um who did did the health and safety for it he also does the health and safety for um the he did the health and safety for the wall for pink floyd and stuff no um, way and phil collins shout out i think it's herb shout out herb legend and what he was guy. telling me that yeah he's a great dude he was telling me that that day they were like oh my god the manhole covers, that thing is going to just suck them up. Like from the, from the speed, I don't know, some sort of yeah, science thing. Yeah, the downforce, thing. yeah, 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 of the car. The downforce. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, count, the town council had to like quickly um, 
authorised someone to come and weld them down just for the night. No way. Back That's up the mad. next day. Fair play. Well, well just, done for thinking yeah. of that, though, geez. Like, you've got to think yeah. of everything, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, dude, like, yeah, there's uh, hilariously, I did a talk at Froome College once, and um, it was, I can't remember, it was some awards thing. Um, and, yeah, they invited me down. And um, at the end, they were like, oh, that was really good. That's one of the best talks we've had. And I was like, jokingly, I was like, oh, who was better then? And they were like, Jensen Button. And I was like, <laughs> I concede to that, fair play. Oh, I was like... <laughs> I'll be I'll be in with the rest. I'll be in with the rest after Jensen Button. Like, there's no way I'm delivering a talk as good as he is. Um, so yeah, fair play. That was a, that was a very good name that they could drop. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's yeah, that's cool. I've got his autograph somewhere. I got one. I've got one complete autograph and one where he stuck the pen through the page. <laughs> From when I was Incredible. like, he came to my school when I was like. I don't know, 10 or I don't know how Love old it. I was, young. Love it, man. And um, yeah, that was cool. Um, okay, so we've got we've got a few minutes left. Yes. The the ultimate party podcast. Yes. Can you can you can you sum it up in five minutes? Dude, can it be yeah, summed up? Yeah, for sure, man. Like basically, in a nutshell, we get celebrities on uh, a different celebrity every single episode to fantasize about how the party of their wildest dreams would go down if they had an unlimited budget to make it happen. Um so yeah. We've had some amazing guests, man. We've had like Sean Walsh. We've had Jody Harsh. We've had like, man, yeah, let me, let me go back. Let me go back through for you, man. Like it's, it's been wild. We'd literally, we've just launched or well, we're about to launch, um, based on, uh, dependent on when this comes out, um, the second season. Um, so we had the Wombats, Nina Nesbitt, um, on at the end of last season, we have Phil Taggart as well, which is amazing having kind of grown up listening to, to Phil Taggart. Um, but we've just, we've just had for season two, um, everything, everything on John joined us, um, who is just the most incredible vocalist. Like, if, I don't know if you are a fan of everything, everything, Andy, but man, their music is just, it's just wild. And he's such a unique vocalist and he came on and, uh, I won't spoil it if, uh, you haven't listened to it, but yeah, there's, um, a, a wild theme that he goes for, but it's just really cool, man. Like I, I just think like, I thought it would be the case, but it's, it's been confirmed that you just find out about so much about someone, um, by finding out the ultimate way they would let their hair down. Um, right. And like the so telling. Yeah. It's so telling dude, like the wild things that they would want to do to kind of like get together with their friends and just have it. Like if you could have the biggest part of your life where you look back and you go, that was the best party I ever had. Um, like, yeah, I just think, I just think it, it, it tells so much about people. Um, and now in season two, we're basically, in season one, we were a Spotify exclusive because we would insert the songs into the episodes um, because we'd get six tracks. As well as asking six main questions, there'd be a lot more conversation than the six main questions um, that we asked. So basically, the six main questions to shape your party. So like, where's it going down? What's your theme, your food and drink? Who's your guest? You have one headliner, one artist that can perform for your guests. Who are you picking? So all of that kind of stuff. Right. We also get six songs from every guest as well that would be in their party playlist. Um, we used to insert them into the episodes because because Spotify gives you a little tool where, you know, it can literally, you can put the song in and it counts as a Spotify stream. So it's all completely above board. Right. But it meant that we couldn't be on other platforms. So season two, switched up the format, 
Our main episode is the party planning episode now. So we're on all, all platforms with that one. And then we do a little bonus episode with every guest as well for, um, for Spotify only, where you uh, now get the six tracks with just a bit of a talk around it. And, and each person kind of introduces the songs and, and says why they'd be played at their ultimate party. Um, right. So man, like it's sick. I love it. And it's so cool to just do something. I'm sure, you know, like, you know, this with, with the podcast, man, it's just so cool to do something so independent that you can just go, this is exactly as we want it to be, man. Like I team up with yeah. with um, a mate Lou on it, who's an incredible kind of like music producer, sound engineer as well. Like he kind of produces produces all the audio for it. Um, and dude, like it's just a really nice thing that we can do together. And we've got to have some guests on that. Like I've been like, how have we had the Wombats on, man? Like I grew up listening to the Wombats and, and Dan just joined us and threw a, a, a street food party in Liverpool where David Attenborough is dressed as someone from up. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It's just, dude, it's just unbelievable. Like, it's just stuff that you don't expect. And so, yeah, I just, it's a lot of fun, man. Like, yeah, if uh, if anyone listening wants to go and get stuck into it, I would absolutely, we'd, we'd love to put you on the guest list for the parties. Um, yes. So, yeah, there we go. Nice, man. Well, that's the Ultimate Party podcast. Yeah. Just quickly, who was, who's, the, who's the one that shocked you the most? Oh, my God. When you went, you went, damn, you're wild. <laughs> Um, well, I didn't have you down as that So world. everything, everything was definitely, John the other day really did shock. Um, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a spoiler, but I, I, won't, I won't give too much away in case anyone does want to go and listen to it. But he basically holds a party at a Mayan pyramid um, and there's human sacrifices. Um, so it gets very, it gets very wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets very <laughs> loose. And then, um, dude, the Sad Night Dynamite guys who are wild again, absolutely insane. They're blowing up at the moment. They're doing such good things. Um, but their party... Oh man, I can't remember. It was in like the Scottish Highlands in a bar. There's like um, uh, like centaurs walking around. Um, what were they saying? There was like a, like yeah, it, oh, dude. It just got it got so insane. It got so insane. Like I can't can't <laughs> like yeah. Just go and listen to it, and you you will hear the madness that ensued with their ultimate party. Like there's some that some that are really wild, and some that are just really nice. And you're like, that sounds like a brilliant party, man. I would like to be there. And others where I'm like. I do not need to ever attend this party. Like, <laughs> and that's the great thing, man. You just never know where it's going to go. And I, I, I like to not know where it's going as well. Like I, people are like, Oh, do you need the answer sent over? I'm like, no, no, no. Like tell me on the pod, like let's record it. And then like, you know, I will find out in the moment. So, um, yeah, always unexpected. Amazing. Well, yeah, I go listen to that. Go and check that one out. That sounds great. And it's a good, it's a good format. You've got yourselves, yeah, you've got like a real, it's just a great idea. And I think people that probably do loads of podcasts that might go, oh, another podcast, actually get that pitch and go, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to have to tell the same four stories Dude, again. That's yeah, exactly. I'll just go and have a, a, a breath of fresh air. Exactly what we aimed for. Because like, people were saying to me for a while, like, oh, you should start a podcast. And I was like, yeah, but I'm like, I don't like every presenter's got a podcast and I'm like, I don't just want to start a podcast for the sake of having one. And I'm like, I want to have something fun with it and something that kind of fits what I'm doing as well. So yeah, we were stoked when we kind of just came up with this idea and we were like, there's no one doing this like this. Yeah, let's do it. Like this sounds great. So, um, so yeah, it's really cool, man. Really, really cool. Amazing. Dude, thanks so much for uh, for your time. Not at all, man. And, thank you. Um, thank you, dude. It's a pleasure even just to to get to chat, man. Like, it's just, it's good to catch up. We don't do it enough. So thank you for having me, mate. 
Thanks very much, dude. I'm so glad we finally got <laughs> this episode in the bag. We did it. Thank you, dude. We did it, man. Um, have yourself a good evening. I hope we don't get cut off in a minute. Thank you, man. Um, you too. But, um, uh, yeah, have a good... It's been a, a real pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Big thank you to this week's guest, James Threlfall. We will leave links to all things Threlfall's world in the show notes description box or wherever you get the links these days on your streaming platforms. They will be there. Dive in, check them out, give them a follow, see what else is up. Um, thank you for listening if you're a long-time listener. Um, and thank you for checking us out if you're a brand-new listener. Um, copy and paste this. Send it to a friend who you think will uh, enjoy it. That would be really cool. Helps us out. Um, get us on social media. It is um, what is it? What is it? It is at the Giant Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Get my personals on uh, Big Andy W. That's for Twitter and Andy underscore TGP for Instagram. I'm sure there's something else I got to put in this outro. I really feel like outros used to be longer, um, but I haven't done one for a year, and I feel like that's pretty good. So I'm going to thank the ultimate producer Harry Williams for his work on this one and we will see you next week on the giant pod thanks so much take care